0: Hi, my name is Rachel Rillinger, and I am a board certified music therapist. The
1: board certified? Oh,
0: yeah. Therapist. That's very important. Uh, is it? Really? Yeah, so absolutely. What, are, there,
1: are there people out there who are surely people who are allowed to call themselves music therapist but are not boarded?
0: You should not be calling yourself a music therapist if you don't have the qualifications to be one. And that's why it's so important that I say it, because there are people out there who go to places and say, I'm a music therapist. And they will go and they do their things and a lot of times they actually cause harm. Cause unfortunately sometimes it can be harmful. So we want to be very clear that we have a national board certification and we want people to hire you if you are qualified and board certified. So it's very important that we're not, we're actually trying to get licensure in Missouri so that you can be licensed. Which was so well. just a
1: national board? Is it's it a national. national What's yeah. it called? The official name of
0: the, the certification board for music therapy. Okay. Yeah, so every year I have to get 100 hours to maintain my board of certification. I had to pass a test when I first got mine. Um, there are some music therapists. The board certification, I think, started in 2000 or 2001. And before that, it was a registered music therapist. So there are some people that have never, but it's very few, that are still like only RMTs, there's also states that do have licensure, like New York has, I think, a licensed creative art therapist. And I think, I don't know enough about it to speak, like... Were you in but, a
1: period of, was this a contentious issue about who could call themselves music therapists and you were kind of in, you were either getting uh, certified or thinking about it at this time of contention?
0: Uh, no, it's just been an issue in every state I've lived in. And, and I mean, I've only lived in two states. Well, sort of three, but every state I've been in, it's been part of like a task force. Like we're trying to get different bills passed that make sure employers are requiring this so that we're not caught, so that other people aren't causing. Most of the people who do it have the best of intentions. You know, they're just trying to have a job or help or whatever their intentions are. But we want to make sure we have an ethical requirement and we want to make sure clients are being seen and being cared for and treated how they should be and not just like, Oh, I play music. So Let me spot. come want, give you therapy. I want to ask you
1: what does proper music therapy look like uh, in your and other people's work, and what yes. would make something improper or might yeah. lead someone down the wrong path? Of yeah. so what is music therapy? Yeah.
0: What do you do? Okay. So, the technical definition, and they can't see me quoting. In no, case you're listening, I made like air quotes, air air quotes. quotes. yeah. Okay. So, <laughs> um, the technical difference, I don't have the exact technical, because well, okay. I'm not going to read it. Um, but basically using music to work on non-musical, goal. I, I kind of want to read like the, there's the American Music Therapy Association and they have like a nice definition, but we're using music to usually address non-musical things. Can you give an example? I will. So maybe we're working on gait training. Maybe we're working on emotion regulation. I mean, the thing that's hard about explaining music therapy is it looks totally different depending on who I'm working with. So if I'm working in a hospital versus a school setting where I might be working on social skills or eye contact, um, I might be working on speech rehabilitation, substance and alcohol abuse rehabilitation. It's like a million different goals that we could have. So we're not using, we're not working on like teaching you how to play the piano. So I might have a client who's playing the piano, but my goal is going to be some, my goal is probably something else that I'm working on with. It might be motor coordination. It might be self-expression. The goal is not about learning music, unless for some reason it, for some reason it is because of that person's. So um, is it
1: closer to yeah. physical therapy than it is therapy for mental illness, anxiety, depression? Oh, no. So okay. I work in
0: psych right now. Okay, so let's say yeah. <laughs> I have severe
1: depression. Yeah. You come in as a music therapist. Yeah. What do you do in a session? What would you do in a session? Definitely.
0: So that's my setting right now. I currently work with people who have depression, who have borderline personality disorder, um, anxiety, lots of different reasons. Um, So we might be talking about music for relaxation, music for self-expression, music for mindfulness skills. So the setting I am now uses a DBT approach, which is dialectical behavior therapy. Um, so I kind of fit into that paradigm as what I do as a music therapist, but with depression, I might even be working on, um, music to help with motivation, getting out of bed, you know, um, So those might be. It might be pain management. A lot of people have challenges with pain when they have depression, too. So if someone does have severe depression, you mentioned that example.
1: They have trouble getting out of bed in the morning. Yeah. What what (laughs) what would you show them? So if you're there with them, would you show them something? Or would you say, try this, try this, come back next time, we'll talk about whether it worked?
0: Right. So right now I mostly do groups as opposed to individual work. I have done individual work. But I would say if you came to me and we were doing one-on-one, I would first need to... I need to first learn about your music preferences. Because I can't prescribe music if you don't like if you don't like country <laughs> music, I'm not we're not gonna work with country music, right? So first I need to I'm first needing to make assessments where I'm learning why like what's going on. How long have you been knocking about? Tell me about the situation and then tell me about your music preferences. And then usually in a session we'll be doing music together. So there's a combination of talking and making music or creating music. So we might be taking like Let's say there's, and I ask you, is there any song that makes you want to work out or that you like to get up with or that makes you excited or anything? And maybe you say, like, I have one for myself. I love, ain't nothing going to break my stride. Ain't nothing going to hold me That's been down. On right now. It is? It is. Oh. I got it come back. It's really? a Renaissance I love that song. Okay. So I might, like, I might, you might even think about, let's play that song when you get up. Let's see if that helps. Maybe let's rewrite the words. So ain't nothing going to hold Rachel down. I'm going to go to work today, or I'm going to brush my teeth today, or I'm going to set a small goal for myself, and I'm going to sing about that goal so that when I'm waking up in the morning, I have something that I want to get up for.
1: Do people say that because that sounds – so sometimes people are sort of creatively blocked where they don't do these kind of creative things. So you're not just asking them to sing a song. You're saying, let's put new words in it. Do, yeah. Are they do, are they reticent to that? They're <laughs> like, I can't do that. That feels embarrassing or corny or I can't write <laughs> lyrics. Do they like block
0: up? And I mean, everyone's different. I don't think I can give a broad generalization, but that's where that's why it's so important to be a live person, live music therapist, right? So I'm going to assess them. So if you're the kind of person that's like, I don't want to sing. I don't want to play music. <laughs> yeah. I don't like music at all. I don't like anything. Then we want to find something else. So my job is to figure out, well, what? Is, how can I help you? So it's just taking time with people. And if someone... So that's where I try to come in. I try to help you write the song. I try to help come up with it. So I know how to manipulate the music. I know how to write songs. I know how to come up with these things. So I want to help give you the tools so that you can help yourself. How did you make get sense? into music therapy? It's a good question. Did you still want me to answer the wrong... Oh, so, uh, yes. I don't want to jump ahead. Uh, I, because uh, I, I, I do I, want to address that. Not wrong, but a potentially harmful, I would say. So a good example and um, of this is actually something that a colleague of mine wrote a whole article about. Her name is Becky, Rebecca Froman. And there was a nursing home, and someone went in. And I can't remember if this one was someone who said they were a music therapist or who actually was. I don't remember. The article well enough, but they went into a nursing home and they started playing Wagner music. And this was a oh, Jewish right. nursing home with Holocaust survivors.
1: And Wagner. And Wagner was torture music. Yeah. Yeah. yeah and
0: so. the music was used as torture music. Oh, it
1: was. In the, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I did not know that.
0: Yeah. And so that's a really <laughs> strong example. Yes. So the, the challenge is, is like now a lot of times people go, oh, you know, for someone with Alzheimer's, they can still sing. Let's put headphones on and they can listen to our music. And, it, and it's great. But I always advise, let's have a music therapist who advises. And then we can help other people to give headphones to do things because music is so powerful, which is why I love what I do. But not everyone, wants, not everyone knows, well, what music are we playing, right? And how often are we doing it? Are the headphones the right fit or does it need to be off their ear? You know, all these other parameters that someone who's just kind of doing it because they think, oh, this sounds like it'd be really nice, which is great. It's all great intention usually. But we want to try to advocate for people to try to get a little more educated before we just use music without thinking about what it might have behind it. So that's interesting because
1: I feel – so I would be one of those – never did music therapy, but I'm one of the amateurs. Oh, you can play guitar. So the yeah. person who runs um, a convalescent home says, "Will you come to the common room sometimes yeah. and play guitar. Yeah. And so that's one thing. We're just performing. Yeah. If somebody wants to come listen, they can. It's great. Do people understand if you're sort of justifying this is what music therapy is, this is why it's so much different and more – powerful than just, hey, they listen to music as part of their entertainment schedule of the week. Do you have to sell people in music therapy?
0: All the time. All the time. So what you would do would be wonderful and what I would call that is a music volunteer. Yeah. So music volunteers are great. Even in music therapy programs we'll ask for music volunteers to do things just like that where we're having music for fun, you know, but you're, A music volunteer. (laughs) It's not not part of a
1: structured therapy. Right.
0: And there's no goals. There's You're not meeting with the team. There's no treatment planning. Um, Another example of something that can be harmful is if you're in the psych sitting, you know, anything can be a trigger. Right? So there might be some song that is a really big, you know, for you, like, oh, I love this song. It's great. There's no harm. It's a great, positive upbeat song. But for them it's a trigger and it reminds maybe that it was played while they were abused or something. Yeah. And so to have the skills that let's say we do play the song, cause I play songs that are triggering all the time in my job, but I'm there with them and we're working through it together and we talk about it and it becomes part of the therapy, but I'm a trained, this is my, I keep playing at myself, which you can't see in the microphone, <laughs> but this is what I'm trained to do. I'm trained to have, know how to be there, to have the knowledge and the therapy background too to know how to be with somebody when they are triggered yeah. and when they're having some of those strong emotions. Yeah.
1: Do people, you said you often do this in the group setting and it sounds like, yes, sometimes it's individual. I feel like the standard therapy relationship of talk therapy is most of it is just therapists set up a schedule of one-on-one sessions. And it sounds like this is a little different. Are there music therapists that do the same thing that those talk therapists do, which is almost our entire schedule is one-on-one where somebody shows up and sure. music one-on-one. Yeah. Okay.
0: Yeah. There are private, I would call that private practice most likely. Okay. I, because but there and they do I've had individuals too and I've had individuals in different settings that I've been in when I worked in the hospital it was only individuals yeah. so I would see individuals all day that's all I would do so and that wasn't private practice that was in the hospital because all the patients I saw were hematol, were oncology patients and they couldn't leave their room so that's literally the only way I can see them is in their room so I guess that's why it's so hard <laughs> because you know every setting looks really different are there
1: lines you, as a music so in your training, there are lines that, as a music therapist, are there things you're not supposed to cross? I know a major thing with psychiatrists and psychologists. The major difference is, well, psychologists can't prescribe medication. Sure. So that's a huge difference between psychiatrists. Is there a right. huge difference between music therapists and talk therapists? Um,
0: there- yeah, I mean, talk therapists don't use music for, as we do. They don't. They're not manipulating music. They're not learning songs. They're not. They might use music. So, like for example, I might do a session with art but I am not an art therapist. <laughs> okay. And so I make it very clear, this is not art therapy. We're using art in our music therapy session where we're using movement, but I'm not a dance and movement therapist. And I am not a licensed social worker. I am not a licensed professional. Some some music therapists are licensed social workers. and license, they're, they're both. Yeah. So that exists. And I think that's the important line is that anytime there's something that I can't treat or I might be co-treating with a physical therapist. And it's just very clear that Music therapy is not, the goal is not to replace your other therapies. It's not meant to replace speech. It's not meant to replace PT or your traditional talk therapy. It's meant to enhance it or be okay. another, just another part of the therapy and to find what's the best modality for whatever it is we're working on. Because there are music therapists that work on mostly PT goals, like working you know, on you said, you said gate training, gate Yeah, speech motor rehab, skills. motor Sorry. skills. You can totally work on that. And a lot of different populations, too. That's why music therapy is so amazing because it's so, you know, it's such an amazing profession. But it's hard to describe because, you know, what I do in the psych setting is very different than what I would do in a school setting
1: okay what was your first exposure so even maybe before you decided I'm going to be music therapist what was your first exposure to music therapy why why are you so excited yeah
0: it does all these things I know it's amazing it's like magic and there are some times where I've had and I can tell you this story later but there are times where I actually have felt like a magician and even though I know and I can tell you scientifically why what I did had the effects that it had it still blows my mind sometimes I'm like oh my gosh this is so cool and to hear what other music therapists are doing Across the world, it's not just a mirror. You know, there's music therapists all over the world, yeah. and it's so exciting. Um, so when I was in high school, um, you know, oh, there's a deer. <laughs> oh, yeah. oh, sorry. I, I told yeah. you there'd be an organic I know. moment. You,
1: your, you have this beautiful, you've got these beautiful, beautiful <laughs> windows in your kitchen dining room area that point right out on this.
0: Wooded area. You just found a deer. It's back. There was a deer. There's lots of deer. Yeah. I have a little bit of attention. <laughs> um, so I was in high school, and I just kind of, I've played piano my entire life since I was five, but I don't like performing. And I taught piano in high school, and I don't really like to teach piano. Um, and so I was kind of meeting with, you know, a college Counselor and sophomore or junior year, and they 're like, "Well, what else do you like to do? And I have always volunteered. I just love helping people it 's part of why I feel like i 'm on this earth is to help people and I was like, Well, maybe I should go into special ed or be a social worker you know and I was very lucky that this high school counselor was like, "'Have you ever heard of music therapy and, you
1: were <laughs> and I was so of-
0: lucky because so many people don 't even know what it is they 've never even heard about it, and Here it was my two passions, music and helping people sandwiched together and so then I shadowed a music therapist at a facility I was volunteering at they told me they had a music therapist so I saw her and I'm probably one of the very few people that have known what they wanted to do since they were 15 Yeah. (laughs) when
1: it was described to you you'd instantly sound good or it was only after watching shadowing that music therapist and seeing
0: oh no instantly I was like oh my gosh and I started looking on the internet and I started (laughs) writing songs and I was like (laughs) And when I first heard about it, I had this idea of what I wanted to be as a music, what kind of music therapist I wanted to be. Like I said, now I work in mental health. But when I first thought about it, I was like, oh, I'm going to be in private practice. I'm going to have my own business, blah, 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 all these things. And now I'm like, no, I, I have no interest in private practice.
1: You decided you did not want to be Nothing. A in fact, not right? at
0: all. No, okay. It's not, I have no interest in doing that. So it's interesting that at least the type of, you know, the types that I've was not, that's not the same as when I first heard about it. And there's this woman actually in Illinois who's like my, she, she does what I had envisioned that I would do. And her name is also Rachel and her last name is Rombach. And when I used to live in Illinois, I was on the board and she used to be on the board and we have the same birthday and every, yes, it is so many things in common. And she has two kids. I mean, there's like so many, it was just thing after thing. And I'm like, you're the Rachel I thought I was going to be, <laughs> you know, and she did all the, and We had so much. So a lot of people confused us when we lived there. What
1: about that private practice or that owning your own business part, did you figure out? Oh, I don't think I want to do that.
0: I don't like being on all the time. I like to go to work. And come home and be at home. Otherwise, I'm always, available. you know, everybody, people say, oh, you get to be your own boss. But in actuality, everyone is your boss. Yes. And you have to be available. You can't wait a week to get back to them. I mean, that's a long time, but I can't take my weekend off. I'm going to check my emails and maybe I have things at home, like the taxes and my documentation. I just, I need very clear boundaries. Yeah. So that's just for me. Yeah. yeah, lots of music therapists love music private practice, obviously. What was the hardest <laughs> part? So you you figured out at 15, well, I want to be a yeah. music
1: therapist. You took obviously a lot of time a right lot of schooling right. What was the hardest part of training to become a music therapist for you?
0: Huh, I've never thought about that. The hardest part if waiting was hard. You know. Wait, 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 yeah, what? to become a music therapist. So oh, like knowing I, at
1: 15 you want to do it, knowing you've And know all years? Yeah,
0: yeah, because I, so the music therapist I shadowed when I was 15, she advised me, so you still can, you can be just a bachelor's degree and be a music therapist. You don't have to have a master's, um, but the profession's kind of moving in that direction, especially the states that are getting licensure, you have to have a master's. So she advised me, she said, you know, if I were you... I would do something else as your undergrad degree and then get your graduate degree in music therapy. Just so that in college, she's like when you're an under when you're an undergrad for music therapy, that's all you're doing. Okay. And it occupies your whole time. Because it is where you have in you have practicum, which is where you're doing on-site training, you know, you're doing music therapy groups and you're learning how to play because as a as a board certified music therapist, you have to be <laughs> functionally proficient on guitar, piano, voice, and percussion. Every board certified music therapist We'll do all of this. You're not things. allowed to substitute like tuba yeah. for guitar or well you can play tuba, that's but great. You but you have to do, have to those, do those, those four things. things. Yep. Okay. So even if you're a classically trained tuba player, you gotta learn four new things. Okay. So as part of school, you're learning all these instruments. And you're doing therapy and you're doing classes and you're doing you know, it's just it's anyway. So So I did that. I did an undergrad, which was great, and then I took a year off to go travel and do really fun things. Yeah. And then I went to grad school. So it wasn't until I was twenty six that I became board certified. So yeah, it was 11 years. And I remember just the first, I remember one of my first jobs. And I remember very distinctly standing at the copy machine. I make a lot of copies because we do a lot of lyrics, okay. um, a lyric analysis or whatever we're doing. And I remember standing there and being like, wow, I did it. And I was really proud of myself. Like I, I'm doing this, I'm, I'm getting paid, and I did it, and I have a board, so I'm like a real, I'm a real music therapist. And did you remember that moment?
1: I at remember the copy
0: at the coffee machine? machine, like it didn't, you know, you take your test, and I get the, I passed the test, and I was so excited, and then it was just at this moment, I was like, oh my gosh. I'm, like, I'm here. I've arrived. And that was a long track. If you're talking about fi- yeah. 15,
1: if she's right, and you, you did the music therapy right through, the earliest she yeah. could have done is 22. So you had a seven-year yeah. window before you could do the thing you want to do. But you had an even longer window because you did the grad degree plus the And it took off. a year off.
0: Yeah. Did you know you wanted to That's do that
1: year off? Were you getting yeah, out after the- no,
0: I love so my undergrad was so much fun. Okay. I did um, ethnomusicology. And I did electronic music. And I did all these I still did all these psych courses. And so in my year off, I took, you have to take anatomy to be board certified. And I took ceramics. And I just had fun. And, <laughs> um, and then I went abroad. And I just lived abroad to just I always knew I kind of wanted to do that because it was like, when else are you going to do it? And I didn't do it in college because it was too expensive to do it through your school. So I just, I graduated, I worked for six months, (coughs) and then I spent all the money. And then I went to grad
1: school. Was there ever (laughs) any other job that you can remember growing up that competed either after you found out about music therapy or before? Like something that competed like, I don't
0: want to do that. That's a good question. So, I'm kind of in that place right now, actually. Really? Yeah. So, had I, I always tell people, had I not done music therapy, I probably would have been a math teacher because I okay. actually love math, um, as a lot of musicians tend to have a math brain. Um, but now I do, I'm an accredited Tai Chi Cha teacher. Oh, nice. And um, I love teaching Tai Chi Cha. I love teaching meditation. Um, I do Reiki. So, I've gotten very energetically involved and spiritually involved that. I, it's not like a career change. I just I feel like I'm wanting to move towards... Because I only work part-time right now as a music therapist. So I'm kind of wanting to do some of that other stuff as part of my overall... Is there so it's not like a career change. but I, I want to hear you said you had at least one <laughs> example
1: of where music therapy really felt like magic. Oh, yeah. But I do want to sure. ask, it's interesting that you're kind of these new interests are more of a spiritual or religious yeah. or, you know, metaphysical dimension. Does mm-hmm. music therapy, has it always just felt very much kind of grounded and lacking yeah. a spiritual
0: dimension? That's that a great life? question. That's a really good question. So... Music therapy, yes, can sometimes, and in some ways, this was a lesson that was hard for me to learn that I wish someone had advised me as a music therapist is being a music therapist kind of separated me from being a musician in some ways, like I'm not playing piano as often for myself, because I'm using music all the time for other people. That I had to like really be like, oh, I need music for me too, and so it makes it very clinical, and it does make it kind of detached in a way because you're using music as a tool. Yeah, I was gonna say, so it feels like you're carrying
1: this toolbox. It is a toolbox. I got a lot of fixing people's plumbing, door to door, kind of.
0: Yeah, Um, but it can get spiritual. Like, so I used to work in a rehab, a substance uh, substance abuse rehab facility in Chicago, and that was one of my all time favorite jobs. And, um, I, I used to have groups with, they had men's and women's unit that were separated by biology only, unfortunately. Um, but so I would have a men's group and I remember this one group where this guy at the, uh, during the group, it was an amazing group and everybody was very involved and he goes, I haven't cried since Vietnam, you know, and he just, so he got, so a lot of times we get to those spiritual places within the group but that's not every group you know it's kind of the right all the right mixings came into place and and then it's a truly magical moment um and i don't know how other music therapists would answer this question but at least for me personally and i remember the thing i was going to say that i wish someone had told me was is not to use my music in therapy
1: you mean
0: the music you've written? The music, no. The or... music I love. Like that song, Ain't Nothing Gonna Break My Stride. But oh, you keep it to yourself? Uh, yes, to it's it... my song. So oh. The thing is, is I, I didn't know that at first. And so I used like some Joni Mitchell songs that I really loved in therapy. And it's, it's okay, but then every time I hear the song, I think about therapy instead of the other things I used to associate the song with. Yeah. So I can change that association. I've done that as part of my job, but it takes a lot of, it takes a lot of work. A lot of planning, and so I I had to realize like, oh, I need to keep some songs basically sacred. Like, there these are music that is really important to me. Here's a song that really matters to me. I I'm not gonna like. I brought a Cat Stevens song. Do you yeah. know the song? If you want to sing out, sing out. Yeah. From like Harold and Maude. Yeah. Yeah, it's an amazing song, and so I use that in therapy. So. <laughs> And it's a great song, and I'm I've let it go now, and I've come. And other music therapists feel differently. They're like, "Oh, it's great! I get to use my music and this, and I I love it. It's all great." But I think for me, I I can get really I have attachments, which I'm working quite quotations I put there because I'm working on this in my Buddhist practice of letting go of attachments. Okay. But my brain is still a human brain, so anyway. I don't remember where we were going. With that. No, you no. <laughs> had That's a question not, for me. No, okay. you asked about.
1: You did share. Um, I want to know about those magic moments. So that that yeah. that is a powerful thing where somebody who clearly is yeah. very emotionally closed and guarded yeah. comes open to you and says, yeah. "I haven't I haven't emoted like this yeah. since I suffered in war." Yeah, with that person. Yeah. Are there uh-huh. other? Yeah. Are there any other moments that jump out at you when if a uh, if a if a young man or woman came to you and said music therapy? So that sounds really cool. I mean, what what's like your best experience in music therapy, or what can I expect? when, yeah. you, when you tell them. Do you have like? I best. do
0: tell the magic story. You do. Yeah, okay. it's a pretty. It's just a pretty, especially to medical professionals because I. A lot of times I get... Unfortunately, I do get a lot of people that go, oh, music therapy, and I'm rolling my eyes right now. Like, oh, do you play CDs for people? And I'm like, uh-huh, I've got a master's degree. <laughs> yep, CD making. Uh-huh. <laughs> the whole program now. Yeah. I don't say that because I try to use it as an opera. I don't say that in my head. I just want to say that. Right. But um, but for medical, anyone with a medical background, I want to be able to... So, Whoever I'm talking to, I want to be able to speak their language. I want to talk to them in their language. So this story is great for a lot... for. A lot of people can relate to this story on different levels. And I do want to, like, after this, put in my little side excitement about the medical and neuromusic. music. So I also did a training called neurologic music therapy, and I get really into the brain and music, and there's some amazing research out there. That's really cool. Anyway, okay. So um, I used to work in hospice when I lived in Chicago, and I had a patient who had Parkinson's. And he was at a point in his Parkinson's where if you asked him a question, you say, hey, what's your name? He might say, blah, 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 blah. So his expressive communication was not really functioning anymore. And so that happens a lot with Parkinson's where your autonomic functioning is what's more challenging. Like walking gets challenging. And to make it better, you step over a log because it makes it a not autonomic function. So With him, he was living at home, so his wife would be at the sessions when I... So in hospice, you do in-home therapy. So I'm hired by hospice, but I'm pretty much working out of my car because I'm just driving to people's... There are facilities I would drive to, like nursing homes, and we did have a hospice house, but the hospice house was really, like, imminent dying or, like, really high medical. Anyway, I'm going off on a tangent. No, it's all interesting. I don't know how much our (laughs) listeners know about hospice care, so I thought I'd... Wrap that up. So I was in their home, and I had actually just recently gone to the neurologic music therapy training, which was like four days long, and you learn... And
1: really focus, I feel like maybe a lot of your music therapy has been it's music and how it affects these people's behaviors or very yeah. clear diagnoses. And maybe now you're delving into the higher level of what is this actually doing in the brain that you can't oh, see? Oh, yeah.
0: Yeah. And you learn a ba- you learn basics. And it depends on the university you go to. Like Colorado State University is where NMT is, is kind of housed. So people who do the program there learn a lot more about the brain. And so every program okay. has kind of a different, like, niche. Which niche? way does
1: yours go? What is your
0: program? Oh, I was in Iowa, University of Iowa, and they had a more general I was a research assistant for the in a lab with patients with cochlear implants. Uh So I learned a lot about that. But it was kind of a more and that's kinda why I picked it, is it had a more like eclectic, we learned about cognitive behavior therapy. We kind of learned a little bit of everything, Uh but not like a lot of one specific. Does that make sense? So back to my story. Yeah. <laughs> so I was in there and I had just re- gone to the neurologic music therapy training where you actually use a lot of auto harp. But so I might be an, one neurologic music therapy technique is I will tap on the right side of your body. Wait, And also uh, forgive
1: my <laughs> yeah. dubious. What is
0: yeah. an auto harp? An auto harp. I can get mine out and show you. But if, <laughs> um I feel like I it's hard to describe. Is it is it, but is it, is it a carbon Well, you push a it, button and you strum. So you might see okay. it in folk music and you okay. can play it while you're holding it like this. Okay. I'm showing, I'm drawing my arm okay. around. Okay, so here. you kind of push
1: a button on the bo- uh, and holding. And it plays it and a chord. I got to push. just go get it. Okay, go get Son, it. So yes.
0: should I go right now? Yes, seriously. Really? Can we yeah. pause it? Yeah. Go okay. Talk about
1: Okay, so you went downstairs to the music room. You're right. We probably should have done this in the music room. You could have... we well, you've got all the instruments down there. But, yes. okay, you're taking the auto harp out of its gig bag.
0: And I do want... And so, I do want to point out that my gig bags all have backpack straps. Yeah. Because what I do is very mobile. So, my guitar has... My guitar bag has straps. My djembe bags have straps to wear a backpack.
1: Because you don't want to have to be carrying things. You only have two hands. Yeah. Okay. So,
0: and I usually have... Sometimes I have a lot of equipment. Okay. So I didn't have Brendan in my music room, which, if you had seen, has six guitars on the wall, follow me, follow me. an Appalachian dulcimer, a drum kit, djembes. we got a lot of music, but it's...
1: <laughs> okay, why was so, the auto harp, so why was this instrument important? In
0: so this is still important, okay. so if you can see, I can hold it. Okay. So I'm going to stand up, I'm going to try to walk... It's kind to hold. Two, but you, that's what you learn, you learn how to do it. Okay. <laughs> Woo!
1: little things with uh,
0: are those chord names on the bottom? Yeah, so you'll see things. there's functional. Mm-hmm. So it's organized in a typical structure which would be like 1, 4, 5 for those of you mer- music nerds out there. So C, F, 5, 7, G7, okay. C, and then we've got some other keys and some minor chords. So it's organized in a functional way okay. in terms okay. of popular music. So the reason why we want to use this in neurologic music therapy is it's a great stimulus. So I can vary the the sound, so I can be soft or loud, I can be, have a rhythm, or I could just have a long, so if I'm working on a long step, yeah. I can have a long strum, and if I'm working on short steps, Oh, so you're talking. Right? Make it easier for them so to the a cue. Oh. So I'm prompting cue. So if I'm working on gait training yeah. and I'm working on getting a certain cadence, it's like someone with Parkinson's might not walk one, two, one, two. They might walk one, two, one, two, one. So I want to be able to match where they're at okay. before I start trying to manipulate and change the music to try to help give them a cue to alternate their gait and their steps. Oh, or I might be using this to help someone get in and out of a chair, Yeah. up and down,
1: right? But first, one of the things you might do is watch them and then match the music to them. I'm so going to match them first. Music would be different if they were walking or getting up.
0: Yeah. Chair. So if you ever talk to like a physical therapist, a lot of physical therapists use a metronome okay. to help people with gait training. But a metronome, you can't change. There's no way to adapt it in the moment, whereas what I can do is adapt the volume, I can adapt the tempo, I can adapt the, you know, there's so many things I can do with this, that I can't really do as well with a guitar, because with a guitar, I only have six strings, and this has more strings that I can get longer, longer sounds, a longer continuous sound that helps to match movement. So if I'm working on up and down, I can do that. Right, move your arms up and down. You're right, if you did that on a six string guitar, it would be very clunky. Yeah, plum, down. Plunk. So try to move your arms, and you can do this in the audience too. Rich, try, right try to move your arms up and now down. Okay, how did that feel?
1: Weird.
0: Why, why did <laughs> it feel weird?
1: Uh, because. Pro, was I, it, was I
0: it, matching your movement with the sound? Probably not. No, so so try it again. That. So now, uh... That feels way better. Down. Yeah, way better. Why does it feel it better?
1: I don't know. Is it because in our head we think as the notes get higher, we're sort uh, Like the same
0: thing yeah. happens the
1: football stadium, right? Uh, sure, uh, yeah.
0: So, um... This is where I like to get really nerdy about our brain. Okay. Right. And this is where I get spiritual too. So I can tell you, and I don't, I don't want to spend, cause I know we don't have that much time, but basically, yes, our brain can entrain to music. Our brain wants to respond to the music. Our brain wants to do what the music is doing in a nutshell, without going into all the specifics about our different parts of the brain. <laughs> yeah, you're saying we're
1: built to respond. We're built to, to
0: respond stuff. to that. And then where I get spiritual is like, Why? Right? So I can tell you exactly what, like, what goes on in your brain, what's going on, why is it that this, like, if I say happy birthday to you, yeah, you want to fill it in, right? right? And there's a part in your brain that actually functions. So if you've lost your speech, I might sing that and then you can still follow along because it's a different function in your brain. Okay. Again, I have to have a whole separate talk to you about, yes, music in the brain, but which that's I've all done. What? And I'm but then why why, why? why? Why is, why is our brain so responsive? Because we know for like long ago, you know, early man, right? we have this I have so I'd give, I've given presentations on music in the brain, okay. right? And both of them are really big topics, right? And mash them together, and it's like, pff, <laughs> this is really big now, because then you first have to define what is music, right? And that's a philosophical debate that everyone has a different answer to, okay. right? So for scientific purposes, we talk about music being a set of organized pitches and sounds that our brain can basically organize. And that sound is like a dog barking. So like early man, we need to be able to respond to sound for a survival, right? Oh my God, a bear. I got to run. You know, whatever it is, we need to know. But we also know that early humans were making music. They were making music. They were singing. They were starting to make flutes out of reeds. They were using rocks to, you know, and they've used music for war and they've used music for spiritual reasons. I mean, music has been used for some thousands of years, you know, or more. Um, so then I still get to, well, obviously there's like a, there's some sort of functional reason, right? That we have music in our lives. And I know that because I'm a music therapist, but why? <laughs> and that's the same question. Like, why do we have a mouth? You know, why do we have eyes? Like, all of this still boils down to some very much larger physical and not physical, um, philosophical and spiritual debate about oh, why anything. Although it's you know? interesting,
1: people get the why, some people get rid of the why in sort of evolutionary biology or evolutionary psychology. The why yeah. is simply as you've identified, well, finding patterns. Listening to the way a wolf barks or a bear approaches, listening to those sounds and finding the patterns in those sounds means you can recognize them faster. And music is just an offshoot of that. It's a survival instinct. It's a little sidestep that doesn't. It's just there. Who knows why it's there? But it comes from this evolutionary need to survive. Do you think there's a bit in yeah. your vision? Is there a bigger why? I think there's more. Okay.
0: I don't. I don't personally agree with that. that does, okay. I cannot represent the music therapy community. <laughs> In their opinion, but okay. from my opinion, yeah. I, me spiritually, I, and because of where I am just energetically and spiritually, I believe there's so much more that I don't think as humans we could even, we're not designed to under, understand in some ways or not. Like, so I just think there's so much more that, especially when you feel, if you've ever done any chanting, mm-hmm work. And if you've ever really felt music and felt that connection, like let's say you hear a song that you haven't heard for 15, 20 or more years and you hear it and all of a sudden you are right there in the moment that you first heard it or whatever that association is with. This is the first dance at my prom or whatever, my wedding song. And the feeling is so strong. And I can tell you why that happens. I can tell you what's going on in your brain. And it's so awesome. But there's still why. Like, why is that evolutionarily? I mean, sure it is. We got to remember. We got to know, oh, well, this is associated with something horrible. We got to remember not to do it again, whatever. But it's so pleasurable too, right? we talk about, well, why are humans designed to experience pleasure? You know, that's another... And there's evolutionary reasons behind that too, right? Right. Right. And I, I think there's something more. That's just Uh, me.
1: Well, you said the why, and it sounds like it's part of. So it's not just some people say the why, and they have a pat answer. Well, yeah. this is absolutely why, and this is a spiritual answer, but it's an absolute answer. Is there a mystery? Is do you like the fact that that's kind of an open question all the time? Or do oh you yeah. Like okay.
0: No, I love mystery. I love not answering. Like I love. There's a joke that I never tell right because so I'm not good at telling jokes. But there's something about. <laughs> okay. Well, when you go to work, you put on your work hat, right? And when you're in this setting, you put on that hat. Or when you're parent you're parenting, you put on your parenting hat. Yeah. And then for Buddhists, you know, you say, oh, then you go to be a Buddhist and you put on your. But, oh wait, there is no hat. <laughs> so it's actually no hat. And it's part of what I've loved about Buddhism is just, I love accepting not knowing. I love that. It frees for me. It feels freeing. And there's this, there's the, um, the Tibetan book of living and dying actually. And it has this story. And I always tell a story when I start talking about this exact situation of yeah. well, why, why is music so amazingly? Po- I mean, it's just so strong, so powerful. And, um, and this, there's, a, there's a frog, and again, I'll tell this wrong too. And there's a frog that lives in the pond, and he's lived in the pond his whole life. Freshwater pond, that's all he knows. And then one day, he meets another frog, and this frog is from the ocean. And this little pond is, this little frog is like, well, what's the ocean? You know? And the other frog is kind of trying to describe it, yeah. give examples, say things. And so the little frog is like, well, I want to go to the ocean now. I want to see what this is. So he makes the trek over and he gets all the way to the ocean. When he gets there, his head explodes. (laughs) So, what? That's the end of the story, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And that's kind of what I think of with us. Like, if we really knew, like, I don't don't actually know if humans are capable of, like, really cognitively explaining all that we, there's so many things we don't know. There's things all over the place. Any scientist will tell you that. Everybody knows there's so much we don't know. And so, what I love is just being like, cool. I'm just gonna ride in it, you know. Instead of trying to figure it out, you know. I think there's like a saying that goes, "We are the world trying to figure out itself." You know. Uh, well, so back to music. No, <laughs> I'm no, getting, this I'm easy. getting really off topic. I never finished the story, but oh, tell me the no, question. Go, no, go ahead. <laughs> I, want to,
1: I want to be respectful of your time. No, there are a I don't, things I want to jam in here. Okay. You to tell your hospice story. Uh, okay. And well, it's not. I feel like it's power. not
0: as exciting anymore. Uh, well, because you
1: told the frog story now.
0: That was yeah, funny. I love that story. <laughs> great story okay
1: this is a pitch
0: you're like you're pitching music therapy this is a story i'm pitching music therapy i'm pitching buddhism too Um, so uh okay so i'm with this patient he hasn't spoken in probably a year like intelligible words he he makes he can make nods and stuff so you can tell he's understanding his receptive language is still functioning but that expressive language you know he hasn't really said anything for at least a year and so through neurologic music therapy techniques that i just learned like so what i was saying is if i tap on the right side of your body, it's actually going to trigger the left side of your brain. And the left side of the brain is where our speech centers are. Okay, And what's very cool about music therapy is that it uses the whole brain. And what we also know is that we have neural plasticity. So even if one part of our brain is damaged, we can make new roads. So like if you take Highway 29 or whatever to right. get to wherever you're going, and that's broken, it doesn't exist anymore, we've got to find a new way, Right. So that's what I try to do as a music therapist. This is let's, let's rework this. So they've talked about patients who have had a stroke. They can't speak anymore, but they can sing. Right? I'm jumping ahead. I'm already telling the end of the story. (laughs) So I can tap on the right side of the barn. So what I do is a neurologic, with neurologic music therapy techniques, I wanted to help him say, I love you to his wife. And so what I do is I think about how do we say, I love you? Right? We don't say, I love you right? We have rhythm to how we say, I love you. We have melody. I love you. I love you. And so I use that. And I say that, and I was saying, I love you. And then I said her name. And in 15 minutes, he said, I love you to his wife. When before he was was saying nothing. 15 minutes, no drugs, no side effects. And Very you, low cost. Did you head in expecting
1: that, that was a possibility that this could happen? I before?
0: wanted to try. Yeah, I thought, oh, well, were, let's okay. give it a try. I just went to the workshop. I know about Parkinson's. I've learned all about this. I've watched a million amazing videos of other music therapists who do this all the time. Yeah. And it was just, boom, totally worked. Wow. it's amazing. Yeah. And so I did, even though I knew, I had just learned why this would work. Right. I learned all the reasons why this should happen. And, and it did. It followed everything. And There was still a part of me that goes, Wow. This is unbelievable. And I feel like that way with Western medicine. Like whoever developed ibuprofen is (laughs) unbelievable. I (laughs) think, you know.
1: The power of modern pain
0: relief. Yes, it's very helpful. So I love that story. So I'll tell people, like medical professionals, you know, people. it's very common knowledge in the medical world that if you have a stroke, you can still sing. And I say, okay, so what I do as a music therapist is I take that ability and I manipulate manipulate the music to turn it into functional speech. So instead of just singing happy birthday because it's a familiar song, let's sing about I'm cold, I have to go to the bathroom, I'm hungry, right? Very functional, small phrases to try to help someone who has lost their speech still have some independence and still be able to communicate with whoever they need to. What do you that's why my job is awesome. <laughs> <laughs> that <sound> awesome. You
1: <laughs> think your job is awesome. Yeah. What do you, you hinted a little bit like maybe some people don't quite get it or think,
0: well, that's not much.
1: What do right. other people think about your being a music therapist?
0: Like, like let's like say two. let's
1: go all the way back to fifteen and through the years. Like, yeah. what have people thought about your either becoming a music therapist or being a music
0: therapist? Yeah. Um I mean like people close to me, like family, they've all been very supportive, which okay. has been nice. Um I would say for all of you voters out there, please vote. <laughs> there's measures that come up and there's Hill Day that we just had, so we are actually so your vote counts and the local all the local elections that we have to try to get these things passed, like getting yeah. music therapy licensure. Yeah. So vote. That's my only. <laughs> is that actually a city or a state? So getting uh, the, um, it's state. Yeah, every so state vote, has okay. different. Yeah, and
1: it's not so. Law, uh, so it's not a. It's not like a medical. It's not a medical board decision. It is a law thing, or is it a both? Okay, well, so you,
0: I don't think it's no. It's not medical board. I, this is not my special day, so. <laughs> but I have people who I could refer you to that could yeah. talk to you all about that. But so I... family loves
1: it. Mm-hmm. Have there been people that you liked were really frustrated or hurt by the fact that they're very dismissive of your being a music therapist? Like,
0: sure. I mean, they they weren't like, well, what you do is." a bad thing. But the, I've certainly, and that's what I said, it's an ongoing, that's, I think, the hardest thing of being a music therapist is I'm always having to educate on what I do. And I'm always having to prove why what I do is not just fun entertainment. Yeah. Everyone like, oh, the music therapist is here. Yay, your job is so much fun. <laughs> I'm like, you're right. I love my job. You're right. But my job is also hard emotionally. And I have to do so much self-care I do a lot to also do my job, and I have a lot of education, too. So it's, it's just a lot, of, a lot of education, which can just get a little tiring. That's all. To always be like, oh, it's the music therapist. La-di-da. So, <laughs> so a, lot of people inv- a lot of people make invalidating comments okay. all the time. All the time. So you
1: have to do in your job, you have to do a lot of active education about what you do and then yeah. and teaching the things. Passively, so for people listening to this, is there passively some place you wish everyone would just go read this or oh. look at this website? Is there a place you wish people would go? Uh, that's if people want great to find out more question. about you This is an open question. Do you want them to check you out in social media? Do you want them to go to a particular website (laughs) to learn about this more? I mean, Uh, not
0: about me, but about music therapy. I mean, I'm happy to talk to people, but there is the American Music Therapy Association website. It's a great website. It has a bunch of FAQs, like how is music therapy used with patients with Alzheimer's, with people with autism, with all the different populations that we serve. And it has great like, one-page examples it's a really you know it has the technical definition of music therapy and it's just a great place to go and i wish all employers would look at it yeah <laughs> but yeah okay awesome uh, yeah cuz like people don't ask if, if you said i'm a doctor and we say, oh okay he's a doctor okay, i get it i know what you do <laughs> <laughs> you're like i'm a lawyer oh yeah it's a lawyer but most of the time people don't actually know what they do no. like i most you know but it just happens to be that because of my profession it sounds oh, I use music as therapy all the time. I'm like, that's great. I'm so glad music has been therapeutic for you. That's great. It's just not music therapy. just right. not. You haven't been treated by a board-certified music therapist. It
1: would be like, I know Because music oh, is. That's awesome. I, I use TurboTax. I'm yeah, exactly.
0: That's a really good example. I should use that example.
1: You should, yes. Use Maybe. My tax account but
0: people me. can do their own taxes. It's true. They can but it's yes. not, yes, it's different, but yes. No, it's great, because I do encourage, music is great, I encourage every new parent to sing to their children, children prefer their mom's voice up to two years of age, yeah. and but if there's a dad in the relationship, dad's got to get that voice heard, they've been listening to mom's voice for a long time. No, <laughs> yeah, it's really important, people go, well, I, my, I don't have a good voice, I can't sing, I don't know what to sing, and say, it literally doesn't matter, you could sing happy birthday over and over again. But singing is really, really important for neural development. And please get more money for music in the school district. Okay. More money <laughs> the school district. Yes. Go so check out the yes. – what was the name of the association again? Uh, American yeah. Music Therapy Association. Okay. American Music okay, Yes. Awesome. You can type in musictherapy.org. I think it's .org. Okay, I'm going to check it, it to right make now. sure. Okay. I can never remember if it's .com or .org. Pretty sure it's .org. Um, I'm checking my phone. You can see they've got a picture on the website. Oh, yeah. It is .org. I win. Okay. So give the website one more time. <laughs> Music www.musictherapy.org. Okay, musictherapy.org. All know, one word. Easy to find. Yes, it is easy to find. Okay. Well. Yes. And there are lots of music therapists here. And if you ever need to find a music therapist, you can go to the website, and it has lists of music therapists to find in your area. Music therapists who are, like, private practice or who you can call.
1: Well this was really fun. Thank you for coming.
0: Good. I hope I didn't go too far on my tangents of no, not <laughs> our brain all. and uh, so mysticism in the world.
1: <laughs> you're you're Rachel and uh you do music therapy.
0: Yeah. Yay.